Good evening, everyone. And my friends. Our first reading speaks about King David. He had already been anointed um, king of Judah, king of the north. Uh, but what we're being told in our first reading is that now all the tribes of Israel, the 12 of them, have come together underneath him. The others came and said, we recognize you as the anointed one. We recognize you as our king. And in that, he had brought them all together. He had finally united them. And there would be a time of peace amongst all of them. There would be a time of joy. And uh, this would be a precursor to what Jesus Christ himself would do. And uh, St. Paul, in the second reading, uh, he, it's a, part of it is a hymn, an ancient hymn uh, that he, he's recalling for us. But uh, what St. Paul is putting forth, uh, he's uh, recounting the role of Jesus Christ in creation. He has been there from the beginning. It was made uh, for him, through him, and with him. And then uh, Paul will go on, St. Paul will go on to tell us about the role in redemption that Jesus Christ uh, plays or is active in. And my friends, on this uh, solemnity of Christ, the king of the universe, um, the church puts forth this image of the crucifixion and uh, what we see is that Christ reigns powerfully from the wood of the cross. Not decked out in, in sparkles and white, crown, but from the wood of the cross, redemption and grace flows. And uh, friends, um, for this evening at least, um, I'd like to talk about Jesus' words, because they're important in translations. And Jesus uses a specific word in place for heaven in the gospel reading today. He uses paradise. And uh, paradise is a Persian word. And uh, in the Greek uh, Septuagint, which is the Greek version of the Old Testament of the Bible, um, that word is used to describe the Garden of Eden. And I have to move really fast through the Garden of Eden because you guys know how I get about the Garden of Eden. I get all, I get way too wound up about it. But the Garden of Eden, of course, was a place uh, of beauty, of trees and of flowers and of fruit, but also of great innocence and of bliss. And uh, even our traditional theology in the Roman Catholic Church includes this dimension of bliss. The repentant thief asks Jesus to remember him when he when Jesus enters into the kingdom. And uh, we can rightly assume uh, that this thief, this repentant one, had heard about Jesus, absolutely, if not before, during their time together in the prison. And um, he probably uh, had heard Jesus talk about the kingdom, and, uh, but he would have understood it in the Persian sense of paradise. And here's where it's very, uh, the people of the Middle East uh, then and now knew what paradise meant. And I believe this is why Jesus switches the words uh, for him. Uh, Jesus' reply goes along with the repentant thieves, uh, his idea, his notions uh, about, uh, not about the promise of a place in the kingdom, but about paradise. Jesus knows it. So he responds with that to him. You will be with me in paradise. There is the redemption. There is the grace that I taught from, from the cross in that moment. And um, 
My friends, many of us have attended funerals, uh, and some of us do so regularly, and um, we find that the church continues to use the word paradise as a synonym for heaven. At the conclusion of a funeral liturgy, in the church we hear the priest or deacon commend the departed one to God's mercy and with a prayer, and that prayer is called in paradisum. And uh, uh, part of it says, may the angels lead you into paradise. Or the priest will say, open the gates of paradise to your servant. And we, see, we still use that word. Paradise or heaven, of course, the final aim of a Christian's striving and of the faith is to be there with Jesus. And uh, St. Paul um, in this first chapter of his letter to the Colossians, uh, speaks of hope of heaven. He calls it our hope of glory. He says it is something assured to those who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, he says even at this moment we hold its promise within ourselves, meaning the spark of the divine light, um, that the, the grace that's poured out through Jesus Christ. And therefore it is critical that uh, you and I persevere in the faith, firmly grounded, stable and not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard. That is not something Father Mark made up. That is actually from verse 23 of the reading. We must not falter, but maintain our faith in Jesus Christ and continue to practice Christian love and Christian charity and Christian hope, always. St. Paul was speaking the letter we heard um, against the background of attacks on the faith uh, of the Colossians community, and it was by false teachers. Um, and um, he tells the Colossians that the fullness of redemption and of grace is found in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone, and therefore no spirit, no angel. In the Greek, the word is used malak, uh, which means messenger, uh, referring to the angel. So he would say no spirit, no angel can add to or subtract from this fullness that Jesus Christ himself has brought, that only he could do as the Son of God. No new message, no new message bearer, or no unusual ascetic lifestyle, my friends, is required beyond the overcoming of personal sin through grace and loving others as Christ has loved us. This is what St. Paul will put forth. My friends, each Christian generation sees parallels between the situation the Colossians were in and how they find themselves. And each Christian generation feels threatened by attacks on its faith from outside and threats of various moments come up with sometimes some of the craziest things <laughs> for worship. And uh, someone in some group always wishes to change things in the church beyond or beneath the Lord's standards, uh, against his wishes and against his commands. And our generation is no different. You know very well the challenges that the church faces. In addition uh, to the crimes committed against the children and the very vulnerable adults and all the scandals that uh, was put forth 
There is also the poor role modeling in social ethics and personal morals and by leaders in our government and by people who hold high positions in our society, including within our own church. One can feel let down then by institutions and people we thought were so dependable. But not all is negative. Good and holy and righteous people and causes abound everywhere. There are individuals of all ages searching for true faith and for true holiness and are going to the very word of God to find it. And there are millions like you. Did you get this? Millions like you who are faithful, who love Jesus Christ, who make Jesus Christ first in their lives, who have a living and loving faith and are more committed nowadays than ever before to directing their lives to holiness in the Lord Jesus Christ. On the solemnity of Jesus Christ, the King, the church hails Christ as the only King of the universe. I know, and you know, not all nations, not all cultures, and not all peoples acknowledge him. But yet, it is the hope of the gospel that someday they will. For our part, we commit ourselves then to our Lord Jesus Christ and King, and to the building up of his kingdom here on earth. We pray we may reign, that he may reign more and more by faith, and love in our hearts, in our words, and in our actions, in our deeds, so that we may turn our face to his on that yet real, that hidden day that has not been revealed for each of us, and to hear him say to us, today you will be with me in paradise. To Jesus Christ, then, to him be honor and power and glory for ages upon ages to come. Amen. Hallelujah.